0: even though I was physically drained and, you know, um, punched here and there, backward, sidewards. But I thank God that I can stand here today <laughs> with energy. Amen! Uh, by the way, yeah, I work actually in a uh, events management um, company. You know, when it, <laughs> in events, it's really busy, and it's, it feels like you're working 24-7. But it's only by the grace of God that... I can stand daily and still be able to function, (laughs) you know? So, yes, uh, let me just uh, quickly introduce myself. My name is Graham, and I am one of the life group leaders here in every nation. And really, it's a privilege to be able to serve God in this country. It's a privilege to see, okay? Serving is there. It's really a privilege to serve God. Amen? I mean, we have the opportunities we have time, right? Even me, I'm so busy. <laughs> but nothing beats. Nothing beats that opportunity of serving God. Why? Because we don't live here long. Right? Yes? Who here wants to stay 200 years? 200 <laughs> years. <laughs> no, but th- actually that's not possible anyways. <laughs> I mean, that won't be allowed. I mean, uh, But we don't live here long. We have eternal home, and that's what we have to be spending our time more on. And so, I don't know if you're busy as I am, if you have time or not, but let us strive to serve God. And again, I'm so privileged to be serving God in here and be able to witness how God transforms lives um, by each other. All right. So, uh, let me first introduce you also to uh, my lovely wife. Yes, yeah. Uh, I still can't believe that, uh, you know, I got this lady there. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know what potion or what happened. I don't know. (laughs) But it's there. (laughs) And by the way, um, we are five months pregnant now. (laughs) Yeah, including me. Yeah, by the belt and the weight shape. Yeah, And yeah, I really thank God for um, giving Jade to my life. She really takes good care of me, as you can see. Yeah. Even though I'm not full, I look full. Yeah, So, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. So, we are now actually, now let's move on uh, to our series. We are actually now on our last installment of our series called Designed for Relationships. Can I ask here, who have relationships here? Not only romantic, guys, come on, come on. Single ladies and men, if you have friends, you have families. (laughs) If you have that, you're you're also included. Who here have relationships? All right. Who here is thankful that we have those relationships? Come on. All right. If you have your phones with you, I want you to take this opportunity. Not now, okay. After the service take out your phones, and just, you know, since we are on this series, you know, just text that someone, all right, be it your mom, your dad, because we don't get to do this every time, right, your friend, you know, just text them, hey, you know, our series this time is designed for relationships, and I just remembered you, (laughs) I want to thank you for being with me, for walking life with me, yes, so let's take that opportunity, you know, because, um, Yeah, all right? Okay, so, but not now, okay, later. (laughs) Because maybe when you browse through your messenger, uh, maybe you will just carry on, you know? So, we're so thankful that we have relationships in our life, and actually, we are designed for relationship. But I want to remind you first, that relationship, that relationship was meant and designed Firstly, okay, for you and God. Wow, quiet, huh? (laughs) Relationship, actually, before we even think of our parents, before we even think of our friends, and you know, uh, there's warmth in our heart. Relationship was actually designed firstly for you and God. That was the initial purpose, that was the main purpose of relationships. When we were created, can you look at your seatmate? Can you say that he or she is created by God? Of course, yes! (laughs) Yes! Who here is created by God? Amen! All of us, all of us, yes. And since we are created by God, we have been created as relational people. And that relationship goes first to God and you. That's the main purpose. Just like what my old friend and um, colleague, Blaise Pascal, said. There is a God-shaped vacuum in the heart of each man which cannot be satisfied by any created thing, but only by God, the creator. Made known through Jesus Christ. That's why, you know, even if you keep running away from God, you you try to fill in your life with a lot of different things, iPhone 15, 16, 20, (laughs) uh, iMac, iBook, thin air, there's a lot of things that we fill our life, you know, you go to this place, you go to that place, there's nothing that can really satisfy your heart until you encounter God. And why is that so? Because you belong to Him. You see that evidence? Do you see that evidence? That is, it is only by God that you are satisfied. I know maybe, maybe some of us here, I mean, if there's any newcomers, I mean, I don't know if um, uh, you have been in a church before or, or in this kind of setting or maybe this is your first time. We, we still go on and run to God, right? I mean, your first instinct when you get a problem, God, please, even though sometimes you don't believe in God, right? I mean, it's our first instinct. Why is that so? Because that is the evidence that God has created us and we are created for Him. Amen? As we get connected with God, we start learning what it is to be in a relationship. We start learning the very core of a relationship which is love actually even if you don't recognize who god is there is love already in you right parents before you came to know christ you already have love when you bore your child you know there's already a a deposit in your heart to love so as we But even more so now that we get connected with Christ, with God, we start to learn the very core of our relationship, which is love. Love of which God Himself is the author. Love of which, as stated in 1 John chapter 4, is God He Himself. So I don't know how you try to define what love is. When I ask you, what is love? What will you answer? It's in the air. Love is blind. (laughs) But actually, no one in any of us can and should define what love is because love is authored by God. And we can only learn what true love is from God. Amen? And that is why as a church, as followers of Christ, as His disciples, this is what we ought to do. To love like Christ. And this is our calling. To love as He have loved. And I think we have been pounded on this already last week, right? By by Kuya Anthony, he was with us last week. And he pounded on this, on how we should love each other as a church. Right? That we should love, that our love should be selfless. Our love should be in humility. We ought to be serving one another In Ephesians chapter uh, 2, chapter 5, verse 21, it says this, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. In the light of God's authority, Him being the head of the church, that we be in submission to each other, all together following Christ. We are called to this life in Christ, we are called to this discipleship of which we can summarize in threefold. And what is that? Number one, follow God. Relationship is created between for you and God. That's the initial, right? Secondly, fellowship with others. Fellowship with others. All right. And last but not the least, of which we will talk about today, and spend time today is our calling to preach the gospel and bring people to Christ and that is fish for men all right shall we shall I ask everyone please to rise as we read god's word please join me in the reading of god's word in the book of chap- uh, in the book of luke chapter 10 verses 1 to 12 All right. Let's read verse 1. After this, the Lord appointed seven others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. And he said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest, Go your way, behold, I am sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever you enter, whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Verse 7, and remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time, O God, for this day that you have given us to be here, to listen to your word, O God. And I pray, Lord God, that your word be impressed in our hearts as we listen to it. Lord, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right? You may may be seated. So as you can see, this is our topic, all right? So if you're here and you're one of our guests and it's your first time to be here, you might not be able to fully appreciate this topic. But I want you to realize, as we go on, you know, as we go, I want you to realize that this is actually what love looks like of God to you, that He sends His church to bring you the message of His goodness, that brings you sal- sal- salvation. And this is the pounding that the church gets from God to go out and give you that message. And I hope that it will not be your last time. <laughs> Just like what Kuya Yobi have said, the first, may this be the first of many times. And uh, we really want and we hope that we may um, be able to, to bring to you that message of hope. Amen? All right, so let's get it on. So in this, uh, in this setting, um, our call as God's disciple does not stop on us personally following Christ and living together. I mean, you know, it would be really nice to do that. You know, you know sometimes I have that in my heart. Because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really physically tired, you know. And sometimes I just, I just sit down and think, you know, I love God. And I'm amazed by everything that He did for me. Can I just sit here and just be with him? (laughs) Not that he will take me right away, huh? (laughs) Not like like that, but can I just do this for for the rest of my life? Because sometimes it's really exhausting, right? Leaders, come on, be honest, guys. (laughs) It's exhausting sometimes, right? You have your work, you have this, you have that, and then you have to minister because God has commanded you to do that. And and for the life group members, come on, appreciate your leaders. (laughs) Appreciate them. They have their personal baggages (laughs) that they're carrying with them. But still, out of their love for Christ, out of their love to you, they keep pressing on. They keep pressing on. And you know, it's, Sometimes I just think like that, you know. Can I just enjoy this? I just don't want to do anything else. But the thing is, I mean, it's not a sad truth, but (laughs) this is what God wants us to do. To go out, preach the gospel, and make disciples. And you know, guys, there is a blessing in this. Amen? All right. There is a blessing in this. We have to understand and we have to keep understanding that every, everything that God asks of us is for our own good. It says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, God said, For I know the plans I have for you. Who knows the plans? God. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future. Now, God is asking us to go out. (laughs) Go and make disciples of all nations. But Lord, that's hard. But do it. Go and make disciples. But Lord, it's hard. Do it. And you will see that there is a blessing in that. Now let's dive in the wo- into the Word of God. I will have three questions today. And as we answer to the call of God in our life to go and build transforming relationships with other people from the Word of God, I want us to be reminded and learn the answer to these questions. So question number one. Who sends us? Yeah. Who sends us? It says in this verse, After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them ahead of of Him, two by two, into every town and place where He Himself was about to go. In verse 2, And He said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. Now question, how much do we really realize that it is God who is sending us out? How much do we really know? How much do we really, you know, how much is it really impressed in our hearts that it is God who is asking us to go out? Because you know, sometimes I do forget it also. The mandate that God has given us did not come from the church. The mandate did not come from your pastor. It is not your leaders who is asking you to go and make disciples. Who is asking? God. And whenever I think of that, there's a weight on it there's a heavy weight on it because it is not just my pastor, it is not just my life group leader who's asking me to do it, but it's God. And you know this question, I mean this commandment that God has given us, does not come with complicated choice of answer. What choices do we have as a response? Yes or no? Are you in or out? In or out? Is it a yes or a no? Or (laughs) nope. If you say later, Lord, or tomorrow, that's a no. Imagine this 72 if you were one of the 72. If you are number 71 and number 72. Okay? And Jesus is in there. Briefing. Okay. You go here. You go there. Okay? Go. Go. What will be your response at that time? Lord, sorry, later. I have a lot of things to do. It is Jesus who's asking you to go. What will be your answer? Okay, I know there's pressure right now, no? (laughs) There's really pressure right now. But actually, God wants you to trust Him. And let me encourage you, say yes. Just say yes. Just say yes. And wait and see what God is going to do in your life. Amen? Are we all a yes here? Yes, Yes, alright. Okay, very good. I got this quote as an excerpt from our last Go conference, uh, which was in October. Yeah, yeah, this month. (laughs) It says there... uh, Sorry, other side... (laughs) Today, we stand in comfort because of someone's inconvenience. Today, who have heard the gospel and we're enjoying it today, we stand in comfort because of someone's inconvenience. Now, the question is, would we do it also to others so that they can know the gospel? In verse 3, Says there, go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs into the in the midst of wolves. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. See, guys, God knows where He is sending us. And He stated it there. I am sending you out as lambs into the wolves. And then what was his instruction? Carry swords? Carry what? Carry slingshots? A gun? No. Carry no money bag? Carry no knapsack? Carry no sandals? Friends, God knows where He is sending you. God knows where He is sending you. My question is, are we praying for God's will in our life? Have we prayed that, Lord, what's your will for my life? Or how do we live our lives? Do we just live it just as we want it or circumstantial? If this is the circumstance now, I mean, there's a lot of hardships, I'll just live with it. If there's happy times, it's, I'll, I'll be happy. But have you asked God, what is your will for my life? Because you know, all of us have dreams, right? We all have different thing that we want to pursue purposes that we want to pursue i want to be a singer i want to be a famous actor i want to be an engineer i want to be like this my paycheck i want to be like this i want to be promoted we have our own things right and those there's no problem with that but the question is is our life aligned with the will of god Is our plan our, our, our plans, our dreams, the purposes that we want? Is it aligned with God's will? And you know, sometimes we, we, we look at it in different perspectives. This is what I want, I'll do it. God will take care of me. But it doesn't work that way. God has created us for a purpose. Amen. Number one, for you and God to be together. All right, walking. <laughs> To be together, enjoying that relationship. Follow God. Secondly, for you to fellowship with others. And lastly, for you to share God's goodness, the gospel that you have received to others. Now, (laughs) if your life is not aligned to that, then it's not God's will. I'm sorry I know it's hard, but if your life is not aligned with that, it's not God's will. Where are we on our life right now? You know, I love the word YOLO. Before, I hate it because, you know, in our time, we use it as something that, you know, like a, a um, what is this, a justification that we can do everything. We'll smoke, we'll do drugs, we'll do this. Why? Because it's YOLO. I only live once. I'll do all of this before I die. I need to do it. But actually, that's the very question that we have to be worried about. You only live once. Get it, church? What have you done with your life? Did you seek God? did you responded to his command to you what have you done with that life and friends it says there greet no one on the road why snub <laughs> i thought we should be looking you know like peaceful hey, hello hi everyone But no, Jesus instructed them to greet no one on the road. Wow, surprising. Why? Because friends, there is an urgency. There is an urgency in our calling with God. Why people are hurting today? And I don't know, maybe you are one of them hurting today. But thank God that we know who God is that despite of any hardships, we're okay, right? But what about those people who doesn't have the gospel, who doesn't have Christ in their lives? There is an urgency to the calling of God in our life. And I don't know what season you are in your life right now, but we have to respond to it. Amen? And I promise you, it's fun. (laughs) <laughs> no, really, it's really fun. Why? Because when you minister to other people, you are ministered to as well. Amen? In 2 uh, Peter verse 3, uh, chapter 3, verse 9, it says that the Lord is, I mean, there, there are people that time, you know, that there were really, you know, they want the Lord to come back right away, okay? <laughs> they were really impatient. Lord, come back, please, come back. Because it's really hard back back then. But what was the Lord's response? The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise that He will come back. As some people understand slowness, instead, what? He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. Repentance. You know, when I, when, when I was in, in, in Bible school, we had this um, class about prophecy, and we were studying you know, Bible school, Bible, we were studying Bible. <laughs> the Old Testament, everything happened already. All the prophecies has, have been fulfilled, okay? All the, pre- not predictions, prophecies have been fulfilled until the time of Jesus coming here. And then from the time of Jesus coming here, all of the prophecies when he lived until he died, and rose back the life, and ascended to heaven. Everything happened. And what's our time now? We are in the church time. And you know what they said that time? The clock of the prophecy, it got stuck. And now, we are just waiting for that clock to run again. How? When Jesus comes back. And all the prophecies, I mean, there's end times, right? It's prophesied already everything that will happen. But God is being patient with us. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That is why it is said in the Bible, salvation is when? Today. If you hear it today, accept it. Are there any requirements? There's no requirements. God is not asking you to be perfect, to come to Him. No, that's wrong. Because some people do that, you know. I need to be perfect. I need, when I go. To, I want to be perfect first, then I'll come to the church. Then I'll commit my life. But you know, that's never going to happen. It's never going to happen because we are still living in this sinful life. And if, if that's even possible that we're going to be perfect, why did Christ even have to come to save us if it's possible for us to be perfect? That is why He came here because there's no hope. And he is asking you to come to him. Come to me. Come to me. Amen? Now, so we have that. Preach the gospel. Now, second question. We're all in. Okay, yes, we're going to go. How do we do it? How do we make disciples? Okay, now I said yes. How do I do it? Okay. Now God has given us guidelines. All right. See, this is really fun, you know. In the Bible, <laughs> you see all of these guidelines on how you do it. You know, it's really easy. All right. First, it um, let's read from uh, yeah. Verse five: Whatever house you enter, first say peace to this house. If a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Number one, how do you do it? First, you bless the house. You bless the person. Alright? What do you do? It says there, peace. (laughs) You go in and bless the person. Okay? You know, there are um, evangelists from before, you know, that when they preach the gospel or the first time that you are in church, you know they will put you in one room and then they will say some things their first line would be do you believe in hell? <laughs> I mean what would be your response? of course you'll be scared right? and then out of that fear you respond okay, okay I'll, I'll follow Jesus but is that the correct way? no because when we respond to Christ it should be out of love and not out of fear so what do you do first? There's there's some guidelines, you know. First, you bless the person. You say, peace. No, <laughs> You bless the person. You pray for him. I don't know how we can bless that person, you know. Talk to him. Spend time. You know, the 72 people, they were walking. They don't have cars, guys. They were walking. They were spending time to be on that house. To come and knock. Just that in itself is already blessing that person. Am I right? So when you make disciples, that's how you do it. You bless the person. Okay? But it doesn't have to be you have to buy gold, you have to buy LV. No, no, no. no. no it doesn't have to be that way. There's a lot of things that we can bless the person. Alright? And firstly, of course, praying. Praying is already a, b- a big blessing to that person when you pray for that person. So that's number one. Secondly, it says in verse um, 7, And remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. It says there, Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. So second principle, what do you need to do? You develop a relationship. By the way, these instructions are from what? From Jesus. Did he say, go and preach the gospel? The, the kingdom is coming. <laughs> Don't scare people like that. But of course, we, that, that's preaching the gospel, but there is a way that Jesus has given us a principle. We have to create relationship. Okay, so what? The, stay in the same house, eating and drinking, spending time, you know, building up that relationship. And then, next, in verse 9, it says there, Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. So third, address the felt need. What is the felt need of that person? How are you? How's life? Listen to that person. What are you going through right now? How can I pray for you? Alright? That's why heal the sick. You have to identify where is the pain and address that. And then last, of course, but not the least, we share the gospel. It says there in the end, heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near. And then you preach the gospel. Bro, sis, (laughs) God loves you. You know, you, you did not recognize, you, you don't recognize Him. But He has been carrying you all this time. You tell them the truth. You don't have to tell many things, you just have to tell them the truth. Why? Because the truth will set them free. So what are the four principles that we have? Bless the house, that's the first. Okay, Bless that person. What's the second one? Develop a relationship, address the felt need, and share the gospel. Now my last question would be, all of these, what is the purpose? Why are we doing this? And going through the last verse, last verses, verse 10, but whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its street and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you nevertheless know this that the kingdom of god has come near i tell you it will be more bearable on that day for sodom than for that town what is the purpose why are we doing this because they need to hear the truth they need to hear the truth it says in timothy what was God's desire? His desire is for all people to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. And again, what does the truth does? The truth sets you free, according to the scriptures, right? Truth sets you free from what? It sets you free from the bondages of sin. It sets you free from the slavery of this world. It says It sets us free and alive in. Christ. now just before we end let me just share this story who here knows uh, a man named edward kimball have you heard him his name or his face of course no because it's black and white probably 1800s (laughs) or 1500s so anyways let me tell you this story in the year 1854 there was a man named Edward Kimball. Kimball was a Sunday school teacher who not only prayed for the hyper boys in his class, but also sought to win each one to the Lord personally. He decided that he would be intentional with every single one of them. Now, one young man in particular, 18 years old at that time, working in his uncle's shoe shop in Detroit. He is in the same class where Kimball was teaching. Didn't seem to understand what the gospel was about. Actually, this young man didn't know Christ and actually had no interest in matters of spirituality or religion. But he had been forced to go to Sunday school every Sunday. Of course, Sunday, no. So what did Kimball do? Kimball, being intentional, one day, went to the shoe store where this young man was stocking shelves and confronted the young man in the stockroom of the importance of having this personal relationship with Christ. Kimball impressed that young man that Christ wants you, that He is calling for you, that He loves you, that He did this for you, He did this, He did this for you, just so you can be with Him. In that stockroom on that Saturday, this young man believed the Gospel and received Jesus Christ as his Savior. Who would have known that the young man, that this young man would actually be D.L. Moody? D.L. Moody pastored one of the biggest church in in the 1800s, and have actually preached over to tens of thousands of people in his time. It was also through the ministry of Moody, that later on brought Billy Graham to Christ. You know Billy Graham? And of course we know that Billy Graham impacted millions of lives. It all started with a simple Sunday school teacher who had the heart to share the gospel to that young man being intentional with his student, spending time just to import the gospel of Christ, the love of Christ, and later on, impacting the lives of millions. Friends, our call is not only to preach the gospel, but actually to make disciples. It's not just to feed on what's the Word of God in their mouths. But God calls us to make relationships. Why? We have been designed that way. And we have been called to go and make relationships. So I don't know what's your doubts today. Kuya, I'm not capable. No one is capable, dear friend. Kuya, I'm not perfect. No one is perfect. But regardless, God is asking us to go out and make disciples. Come on and make those relationships.